When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It has been just about a week since the Utah Jazz turned an absolutely not as it pertains to trading Donovan Mitchell into a, hmm, what are you offering for the all-star guard? This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, sitting in for the guys on this Monday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin at Amber W. Sports. You can also hit us up on the CC call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. So after the Utah Jazz opened up themselves to actual trades being put onto the table for Donovan Mitchell. It is clear, Amber, this team is headed towards a rebuild, and Danny Ainge is going to want a lot in return for Donovan Mitchell. Now we have to sit and wait, just like we're waiting with Kevin Durant to figure out, is he going to be traded? Will he not be traded? The same remains with Donovan Mitchell. So what is the latest? Where do things stand? With Utah and their all-star guard, ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski was on Get Up this morning on the latest between trade talks with the Jazz and the New York Knicks. Utah and New York talked last week, and I think the Jazz got a sense of what New York might be willing to do. And it's not just one particular deal. I think there's options, and it's almost like a sliding scale, that the more players you put in a deal, the less draft picks you want to give up. The more draft uh, draft assets you put in a deal, you, you, you want to put less players in. If you're the Jazz, I want the players in, I want the picks. Mm-hmm. So that's where it starts. Yeah, if you're Danny Ainge, you're saying, well, I just got five, effectively, five first-round draft picks for Rudy Gobert because Walker Kessler, who was just drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves with their first-round pick, was thrown into the mix with four future first-round picks. He knows that he could probably get something just as big for Donovan Mitchell, probably why this team is not in a rush because putting together a trade package like this could be quite cumbersome and quite hefty when it's all said and done, Amber, but it makes sense the logic behind why Donovan Mitchell will could potentially be a New York Nick has been there all along he was just back in the area this past weekend we want to draw all of the ties but as it stands right now this is the waiting game this is the holding pattern that the Knicks are in potentially the Miami Heat but it, but as Woj was talking about there at least we know that those two teams have engaged in talks for Donovan Mitchell it's just going to matter now is it players that you're giving up to match the salary, $30.3 million for Donovan Mitchell this year and trying to actually field somewhat of a competitive team? Or is it the eight draft picks uh, that the Utah Jazz are eyeing, four of which you know are actually owned by the New York Knicks at this point? They control their own draft. And you know for the Utah Jazz, that could be them controlling their own destiny as part of a rebuild if they get those picks. 
Yeah, Utah is not, I don't think, uh, very committed to staying competitive right now. If they were, they wouldn't be trading away Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, right? So this is a total rebuild mode for Danny Ainge. And we know that Ainge is notorious for getting as much value in terms of picks as possible when he has an asset the size of Donovan Mitchell. You mentioned the five first rounders that they got in exchange for Rudy Gobert. So there's reports out there that they want something like six for Donovan Mitchell. And of course they do. They got five for Rudy Gobert. Why? Why not try for six? Well, there's one team in the New York Knicks that has that kind of capital that maybe would be interested because you mentioned that they have those eight picks that maybe they could part with. The calculation for the Knicks, though, has to be, hey, if we mortgage our future to that degree, because, man, is that mortgaging the rest of the future? You know, when you're talking something like six picks or seven picks, I mean, it absolutely does that. Is it enough what we have? And so then when you're thinking about what other pieces you could throw into the deal, you'd have to be really careful. Like you would have to retain RJ Barrett and assume that he's a cornerstone to anything moving forward. We know obviously they brought in Jalen Brunson. Does Barrett Brunson and Donovan Mitchell win you an NBA title? Probably not. And so is it worth mortgaging your future if you're not winning an NBA title? That being said, Do you need to win an NBA title in New York, Courtney? Because I would argue no. I would argue that doesn't need to be the goal for the New York Knicks, that they just need to be relevant again. They don't need to be a laughing stock. They need to be in a position to make the postseason every postseason. It doesn't mean that they have to be highly competitive in the postseason necessarily. I would imagine the Knicks fan in the biggest market in the country and the most famous arena in the country would sign up for just some sort of postseason action. And then we could build from there. Don't forget that Don Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson, even though they wouldn't have the draft picks, you are still talking about 25-year-old players. So players that presumably could be with you for the next 10 years still playing at a really, really high clip. Would it be good enough if they start looking like less of a joke to bring in, to all of a sudden look attractive finally to some bigger name free agents out there? And maybe in order to lure that in, you don't necessarily need all this draft capital. So it all becomes worth it. In other words, with this piece of Donovan Mitchell. They were 11th in the Eastern Conference this past season. 2011 was the last time they were able to lure a big-name superstar to that team that also had ties to the area. We're talking about Carmelo Anthony. So feels like that was many moons ago for the New York Knicks. But you bring up an interesting point. Like, Would they be pulling off a move like this to get back into the conversation in a place where they kind of were two seasons ago where they made the playoffs and, and Julius Randall was, you know, becoming a household name, it felt like, nationally, just on like a very small scale, but the Knicks were at least relevant then. Are they looking for relevance? Are they looking for a title? And would you be able to build a franchise around Donovan Mitchell if you do indeed give up all of those assets in order to get him? Well, Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, was on first take this morning and doesn't seem to think that that would be the case. I think he's a terrific player. But is he a number one option type guy? Is he a guy that could take your franchise to the NBA Finals and possibly win the championship? Hell no. And there's no disrespect to him. But just think about the Utah Jazz and why they got to this point where they had to break up the team, why they had to trade their three-time defensive player of the year and Rudy Gobert. Okay, they had to trade him because guess what? It's time and time again we saw the Utah Jazz go into the regular season, have great success, and then what happened in the postseason? They failed. 
Seems like Kendrick Perkins there was putting some blame on more blame on Donovan Mitchell than Rudy Gobert. I mean, among active players right now, he ranks fourth in points per game in the postseason, 28.3. You know, you can argue whether it was Donovan Mitchell's fault they didn't, you know, reach past a certain point or whether it was Rudy Gobert that they hit a ceiling and they were a good, regu- they're a great se- team in the regular season and then they faltered in the postseason. Well, what have you? None of that's going to exist anymore because Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell is potentially on the move. Rudy Gobert is gone. Um, you know, Joe Ingles is gone. Royce O'Neal is gone. Like all the players that were brought in kind of around the same time, that doesn't exist anymore in Utah. So whether they want to try to keep Donovan Mitchell in the fold in Utah and build around him, I'm not so sure that he would necessarily want to do that. As you mentioned, you know, 25 years old, this is a player that, you know, right now is in the middle or beginning his prime. Do you want to be a part of, a, of a, what could potentially be a very long rebuild? That's something that Donovan Mitchell would have to ask himself. But to the bigger question there, uh, is it worth giving up everything that they would require you to give up if you're the New York Knicks in order to land Donovan Mitchell. Amber, you pointed it out. I mean, they've got eight first-round draft picks. We know that Rudy Gobert just went for five. Would they be trying to get six if you are the Utah Jazz in getting that from the New York Knicks? Is that something they could pull off? Would that also mean mortgaging your entire future for something that would create a very crowded backcourt? We'll get back onto this topic a little bit later in the show, continue our conversation and get the thoughts from one of our NBA experts on, and find out why LeBron is so obsessed with going all in every single year. That's coming up next. Candy and Carlin, Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, ESPN Radio, and streaming live on ESPN+. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt Stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans sign up today new users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, streaming live on ESPN Plus. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, holding it down for the guys on this Monday afternoon. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to join the conversation at any point today, the number to get in, 888 say espn 
888-729-3776. There's SEC Media Days going on. Training camp is just about to get underway. The NBA is as busy as ever with Summer League just wrapping up. And Donovan Mitchell still remaining, as of now, a member of the Utah Jazz. We will find out whether he will indeed get moved, whether the Knicks are that team, Amber Wilson, uh, that make the most sense in terms of what they can give Utah back. Because if there's one thing that we know about Danny Ainge, it's that he loves draft capital and that he just got a whole heck of a lot of it from the Minnesota Timberwolves for Rudy Gobert, what he might be able to get in return for Donovan Mitchell could potentially be even greater. Who wouldn't love draft capital right now if you're Danny Ainge, right? I mean, he's already had the reputation of it before he was out in Utah. But now, coming off of that Rudy Gobert market, of course you would love draft capital if you're Danny Ainge. I just wonder, Courtney, how much higher can it go? I mean, that's kind of the problem with the Gobert deal is like they set their own market there. And then, of course, don't forget at this point in the offseason, things get a bit more complicated in terms of putting deals together because if you want more than just picks and they do want players in return, you have a limited amount of players because any players that were acquired this offseason on other teams can't be traded until December 15th. There's other players like DeAndre Ayton that can't be moved until January 15th. So it kind of complicates the the entire picture when you're looking at a Donovan Mitchell trade. Frankly, when you're looking at a Kevin Durant trade, I mean, that's where sometimes being patient doesn't always pay off in this situation. All right, let's bring in Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter, for more on these holding patterns that we currently find ourselves in with the Utah Jazz. Obviously, Kevin Durant has not been moved. Brooklyn's in that holding pattern along with the rest of the league. Tim, as it pertains to Donovan Mitchell, we know what Woj said this morning on Get Up is that it's either do you want all the draft picks or do you want all of the players, and how do you try to make the happy medium of receiving both happen? What is a real realistic expectation like if this is the New York Knicks in the end what is the expectation will it be more players or will it be more draft picks in exchange for Donovan Mitchell well I think it just depends sort of how things play out Courtney I mean what Adrian's point was this morning was that if you're the Knicks right you're saying all right we have a bunch of interesting young players guys can quickly Obi Toppin uh Quentin Grimes Miles McBride RJ Barrett right that we could put in trades and then we've also got more draft picks than anybody in the league. We've got control of our picks for the next seven years, and we've got four additional first-round picks. So you can trade up to eight first-round picks plus three swaps. So that's sort of the overall package of assets that they've got, which is more than their competitors, mm-hmm. in theory, in the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes. So the Knicks have the ability to trump any offer. The, the Jazz, in theory, would like all of that, right? <laughs> like, hey, give us everything. Give us the whole boat for Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks, however, are in a position where they need to negotiate and try to get the price down to where they can get it to. So, I mean, look, if you look at the, um, if you look at the Rudy Gobert trade, where essentially five first-round picks were traded in that deal, I would say that is probably the kind of tra- package that you're talking about, a bunch of draft picks and then some of those young guys that the Knicks have available that just, you know, what it's going to come down to is how much of that, pack, of that group of assets can the Knicks keep together in order to be able to make more moves down the road. You mentioned there, Tim, that the New York Knicks have more than anybody else, so they can trump whatever other trade offers come Utah's way. But the Knicks obviously don't want to negotiate against themselves. Is that the situation right now that they find themselves in, or do you think that there are legitimately other competitors out there who have a shot trading for him? 
Oh, I mean, listen, uh, when a 25-year-old three-time All-Star becomes available, I mean, there's lots of teams that are going to generate, are going to make phone calls and register interest in him, right? I mean, that's just the way this stuff works. But, you know, the Knicks, for many reasons, are a logical fit for him. He, his father works for the Mets. Diamond Mitchell is from the New York City area. Uh, you know, the Knicks are desperately in need of a star player. They're desperately in need of a star lead guard, even though they just signed Jalen Brunson. Donovan Mitchell would be the first all-star point guard the Knicks have had if he makes the all-star team next year since Mark Jackson in 1989. So, like, it's a long time since they've had the kind of dynamic lead ball handler that Donovan Mitchell would be for the Knicks. And the Knicks, as you said, have as much or more to trade than anybody else uh, in the league in a package form. Plus, they went and hired his former coach, Johnny Bryant, from the Utah Jazz a couple years ago when Tom Thibodeau got here. They have a bunch of connections to CAA, which also represents Donovan Mitchell. There's a ton of connections here that make it Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks trade makes sense. But as you pointed out, the Knicks at this point can't be bidding against themselves and need to try to negotiate the price down. So like many other things in the NBA, this is a negotiation. And I think the Knicks should be seen as favorites to get Donovan Mitchell in the end. But again, when a guy this young and this good becomes available, three years left on his contract, there's the potential for teams to come out of nowhere and make a bid for him because you have the chance to have him for a while. And so that could complicate this a little bit further than just, you know, one or two preferred destinations you might want to go to. ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bontemps joins Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson on Canty and Carlin. LeBron James made an appearance at the Drew League over the weekend, and he was also heard on his show, The Shop, via Uninterrupted, saying, quote, I'm obsessed with winter bust, and what makes me have sleepless nights is when you don't have everyone feel the same in your own club, end quote. Tim, what do you make of those comments from LeBron James? I would say LeBron James is sending a message, uh, both in terms of showing up at the Drew League and having the shop come out the same day that, you know, hey, I'm still here. I'm still one of the best players in the league, even though my team didn't make the playoffs and I haven't been seen in a while. And in in those comments, I mean, look, LeBron would love for the Lakers to improve the roster. Uh, He knows as well as I do, as well as anybody who is not a Laker fan knows, that this team is not a realistic championship contender as it is currently constructed. And so I think from LeBron's standpoint – you know, he would love to see them find ways to improve this team going forward. The problem is, in part because of a move LeBron was anxious for them to make last year in getting Russell Westbrook, this team is not good enough, uh, there's not enough assets, I should say, to go out and outbid people for, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, for example, right? The, the, the Lakers basically have Russell Westbrook's large expiring contract and two unprotected future first-round picks. That's not going to be enough to get you Donovan Mitchell. It could be enough to maybe get you Kyrie Irving if the Brooklyn situation completely falls apart. But as long as Kevin Durant is on the Brooklyn Nets, I think Kyrie Irving will be too. So I think, you know, to me, this is a pretty classic situation where LeBron, who has always pushed his teams, even when they've had championship caliber rosters, to continually try to get better, is looking at this situation with a year left on his contract and saying, hey, we need this team to be better. We need to not miss the playoffs again. We need to be, you know, in the hunt to win the West. And the Lakers are looking at it saying, we don't have that much to trade. And what we do have to trade isn't enough to get us the kind of difference makers that are going to get us out of the play-in and really into being a true championship-level team in the West. So I think that was the message LeBron was trying to send, and I think it's just the first of many, and what will probably be an interesting offseason in L.A. as they try to navigate the current landscape they find themselves in. Yeah, real quick on that. I mean, he, this is somebody who has – he's eligible to sign that extension later this summer. Like, do you – can you read anything from those comments about whether this potentially is pointing to him not wanting to stay there, Tim? 
No, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I mean, I, I don't know what LeBron will ultimately decide to do as far as the extension goes. There's many different ways that could go for many different reasons. Um, and I, I think not signing the extension doesn't necessarily mean he's going to leave either. Would give the Lakers some more flexibility, for example, if he doesn't do that going forward. Um, but look, I think this to me is very simple. LeBron James wants to be in contention for championships. The Lakers last year were nowhere near contending for a championship. They couldn't even temper a playoff spot. And so they need to improve the roster. LeBron wants them to do that. And this is his way of beginning a campaign to try to make that happen. All right, there you have it. Tim Bontemps with the latest on LeBron, Donovan Mitchell, and other happenings inside the NBA world. Tim, we appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, coming up next, LeBron James is not the only megastar trying to go out on top. We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tampa Bay Buccaneers begin training camp next week. Their first day is July 27th, and there's already... A little bit of news coming out of the Buccaneers organization reportedly that the team is not thrilled with running back Leonard Fournette and the shape that he showed up in back at voluntary minicamp. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson holding it down for the guys on this Monday afternoon. Let's tap in with Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Um, and, and Jeff, I wanted to start there with Fournette. He reportedly showed up to minicamp at 260 pounds. He's listed at 228 on the roster, so we know that he is a bigger guy to begin with, but 260 uh, is approaching, you know, light defensive tackle territory. What What's the latest on this with Fournette, and, you know, how big of an impact could this potentially be uh, for, for that running back room? Yeah, this is jarring uh, and very surprising to me. Uh, look, man, not a, not a a report to be discounted. This is coming from a legitimate, I believe, Rick Stroud, right? Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, yep. yeah. Yeah, so Rick is as dialed into the Bucks as anybody and, uh, and, and a very thorough reporter. So 32 pounds above playing weight is uh, sh- like truly shocking. I mean, that, that's like uh, back in the day. Who am I thinking of? The Lightning Thunder. Who's the, the uh, Reggie Bush? And who's the other guy that was with him that used to come in? Lendale White, right? Lendale White. Was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Leonard Fournette does not strike me as the type who, I know he can add some pounds, but who would come into camp 32 pounds over, especially given that he's on a one-year deal, I believe he signed a one-year deal, and 
like really needs to kind of show up to make sure that he can get paid in the future. Um, I, I would also say that I actually thought earlier this offseason that he was the most important free agent signing in the league because I don't think that the, the Bucks can win the Super Bowl um, if they didn't have a key running back that they didn't have before they signed Fournette when they re-signed him. So he's got to be good for this team to be effective this year. Like they're solid on offense, but they need that running game. And uh, you know, he's got time to get into shape, but this is definitely a pretty big surprise to me. It is very surprising, Jeff. So some bad news perhaps there out of Bucks camp. By the way, I think Leonard Frenette is on a three-year deal right now. Oh, so maybe a three-year deal. So maybe th- that's the problem. I believe so. <laughs> Yeah, so may, maybe, a, yes, maybe that. now one-year deal, and, <laughs> yeah. he bust, and he signed a three-year deal this offseason. So uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, some good news maybe out of Bucks camp is that apparently Tom Brady told Variety Magazine, Jeff, that he wants to go out on top. He wants to go out as a Super Bowl winner. Go ahead and give us your breakdown of the NFL in 2055 when Tom Brady retires. Is it possible? <laughs> Look, uh, he's going to have to figure out a way to get Leonard Fournette on the Peloton if he wants to go out a Super Bowl champ because I just think that this is, you know, personally, and this is not, this is just speculating, I really do feel like this is probably the last year for him. I think it made sense that he, he, you know, when he retired earlier this year, I don't think he really had the closure that he wanted. He just felt like it was just sort of time. Um, and ultimately said, why, why do I have to do that? Why, it just doesn't feel right, and came back. So I think the idea that he can kind of begin to formulate that closure a little bit more definitively in this coming year, that he'll be ready after this season, um, you would think at 45 years old that that would be the case. So it feels like this is absolutely his last real legitimate shot. Um, and, and look, the team is largely set up, aside from the previously mentioned situation, uh, it really is set up to make the kind of run that, that could send him out on top. So, um, you know, I think it is very possible. We're talking with Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider here on Canty and Carlin, Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson sitting in for the guys. Jimmy Garoppolo remains with the San Francisco 49ers as of right now. They have a decision to make about whether they're going to try to run it back this season with Jimmy G or turn the reins of the offense over to Trey Lance. But another team that has question marks at quarterback right now are the Cleveland Browns. And yes, we have not heard anything yet about what a suspension for Deshaun Watson could potentially be we are inching closer to their training camp beginning next week as well and there's some reports out there that Cleveland's interested in signing a backup quarterback is how it was phrased uh, knowing that right now on the depth chart right behind Deshaun Watson is Jacoby Brissett so if they end up bringing somebody else in that at least right now it would be phrased as a backup quarterback but do they have a legitimate argument here to try to get in on the Jimmy G sweepstakes and try to make a trade sooner rather than later so they can actually have him a part of training camp? So I don't think so for, for several reasons. And um, the first of which is financial. The idea that the Browns would take on another $26, $27 million in a salary cap hit this year on top of what they're already paying Baker Mayfield in $10 million and Deshaun Watson. And uh, I know his, his salary is minimal, but the, the chunk of money that he's going to get, I think it's something like $45 million in signing bonus. So I mean, they're pretty pot committed to the quarterback position at this point. 
would surprise me if they dumped any more resources into especially Jimmy G. The other side of this is I don't really see Jimmy wanting to do that. Uh, it, it's, it's not dissimilar to the situation he's trying to leave in San Francisco. And I want to emphasize that. He wants to leave. He does not want to go through by any means what he did last year. He did not enjoy that. Um, he made very clear uh, a number of times that this, this is not a situation he wants to repeat. Uh, and I don't necessarily see, you know, even if he has to be a backup somewhere, I don't necessarily see him wanting to jump into what will very clearly be a rental situation uh, in Cleveland. And you could say he doesn't have any say, but the 49ers have been very clear that given the goodwill that Jimmy has provided the organization, they want to do right by him and find a destination that, I'll, uh, that, uh, that also appeases him. So I really don't think it happens. Um, but, hey, I guess never say never. Jeff, we're in the midst of our ESPN Radio NFL two-a-days where we break down a couple teams each and every day. And today we're breaking down the Patriots and the Raiders. Courtney and I are about to break down the Patriots coming up. So I wanted to get an opportunity here on the way out to ask you a Patriots question because who is going to be calling plays in Mac Jones' ears? Like, do we have any idea? Well, obviously, it's not McDaniels. Who is it? Matt Patricia, I guess. I, I mean, it's it, this, uh, you know, nobody could answer that question because it would be such a competitive disadvantage for teams to know who will be calling the plays for the New England Patriots. Oh, um, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's so tough for me to care at this point about them. They, I'm, that's so mean. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a Tom. Anyway, they, <laughs> I think that they, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I actually kind of think that, that's going to be a problem for them. And I know you're not supposed to say that the Patriots will ever face problems, but like they lost Josh McDaniels. They don't really have a clear offensive coordinator. And the two guys that they've talked about calling plays and Belichick and Matt Patricia are mostly defensive guys. It's unconventional. I know the Patriots do unconventional things, but I, I don't know. I mean, we were supposed to believe the Cam Newton signing was going to work too. and We all know how that turned out. Man, Matt Patricia potentially calling plays again. I guess it's the the better of the two options if Bill Belichick was truly weighing Patricia and maybe Joe Judge, who just did it last year, but we saw how that worked out with the New York Giants. No. Maybe so maybe weird. Bill will do it himself. Who knows? At this rate, uh, they're going to try to keep that one close to the vest. You'd like to think that they probably have something worked out, and they're just not telling anybody. But, man, sure. what a strange no situation question. going on with the New England Patriots and their offensive play caller mystery. He is Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider, joining Courtney Cronin and Amber Wilson here on Canty and Carlin. Jeff, thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk soon. Not a problem. Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, much more on what is going on in Foxborough with the Patriots and their offensive play caller. Will it be Bill Belichick? Will it be Amber Wilson? Will it be Courtney Cronin calling plays? <laughs> Who knows? We're going to tell you next here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson. Now we have a new producer on Candy and Carlin on ESPN yeah, Radio we do. And the ESPN app. Evan Wilner joining the show permanently as of today. Evan, 
um, was with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max for how many years were you doing the morning shift? I, so I was with uh, them. I was with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max for the last year. Before that, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin for uh, a year. And then before that, Golik and Wingo for two years. So that's four years of ESPN Radio Mornings. And prior to joining ESPN, I was doing mornings for seven years at SiriusXM. So 11 straight years of waking up in the middle of the night. So, okay, so what time did you normally get up? What was the normal schedule? Yeah, anytime between 2.30 and and 3.30, depending on what show I was producing. So is your circadian rhythm just like adapted to your lifestyle, or do you struggle with sleep? Like the rest of us, except you have to get I mean, up 11 years of it. My so, goodness, he lasted longer so, than anybody could, else on uh, morning shift. Exactly, I've turned, my gosh. I've turned into a really good napper. Um, I'm really good at napping during the day. Like, so even this past weekend, like Saturday, I slept till a normal time and then I napped even on like a random (laughs) Saturday. Like I'll just put the TV on and fall asleep. So that, that like, I have not taken a nap today. So like any, you know, toddler, I'm getting a little cranky as we've gotten later in the day. The other thing that I didn't know would be an issue that has turned into an issue is working so far after I woke up is really hard like I wake mm-hmm. up and I just went right to work right like I yeah. yeah I'd go right to the office I'd do the show and then I'd be have the rest of the day having woken up and then like waiting 7 hours to do the show I didn't know what to do with myself like I did the wordle and I you know read a bunch of articles online that had nothing to do with sports and I was like what am I supposed to do until like and then I came in at like 10:45 because I had done everything this morning that I wanted <laughs> to do and I had nothing else to do I was so bored you're like I'm, I'm going so to work bored at home I said they, to my wife who works remotely from home I was like I'm just gonna go in I have no she's like thank god <laughs> yes so, she's probably like get out of the house what yes. are you doing here all morning so Evan real quick what time did you actually get to sleep until today since you're on our shift now. Eight, so I slept till 8.15. An um, extra five hours of sleep. Yeah. That's amazing. How and, did you do that? And I took my dog for a walk. My wife had done that for the last six years since we got a puppy, so she always took the dog for the walk. Today, first day of, of daddy doggy walks. And Was the dog the, confused? Yes, she went down the block. I I'd, like an hour. I had an hour laid out for this walk. She went down the block, did her business, and then went straight back home to figure out why... My wife wasn't coming with us, so that was the issue. ESPN Radio, changing lives in circadian sleep rhythms uh, for the last four years. Excellent work, Evan. Do the New England Patriots have an offensive coordinator? That's literally what I just Googled because I'm trying to figure out who's calling plays for this team because it remains this giganto mystery after Josh McDaniels left the New England Patriots for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to become their head coach this season, which leaves a very big opening with the New England Patriots. But we don't know who's calling plays, whether it's going to be Bill Belichick or someone else. And it seems like the Las- that the New England Patriots have a big question on their hands as training camp begins next week. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin, Amber Wilson, kicking it with you on this Monday afternoon. So, of course, Amber, this team has the everything under lock and key and you know two-factor authentication. Everything has to remain a state secret if you are Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And for so long, they've gotten away with acting that way because they've won a lot of titles. Now. Tom Brady's been gone now going on three seasons. Josh McDaniels is now gone after 16 seasons. So it leaves 
Bill Belichick and a second-year quarterback in Mac Jones in kind of a precarious spot for us, not knowing who the offensive play caller is going to be. This is a really pivotal time in a quarterback's journey, the jump from year one to two, considering Mac, you know, played a considerable amount last year and, you know, was playing when this team made it to the wild card round. But I don't, I mean, like, you have to ask yourself, all right, like, who's on, who's on the coaching staff? Like, I was literally going through this being like, who is the offensive coordinator? Who makes the most logical sense to be the play caller for Mac Jones? And I can't. None of them, fall, by the way. None of them, but I can't fall them. on any answer that makes more sense to me than it actually being Bill Belichick himself. I mean, you have Joe Judge. That's hard to imagine, it's right? Horrible, I mean, that, special that, teams. That would be a step back. We know what happens there uh, as a head coach. Nick Cayley, he also is reportedly going to have input. Uh, I'm an, off- an offensive assistant. It seems like Bill would make sense, mm-hmm. but Bill isn't used to calling plays either. So how much sense does that in fact make? It's really, I don't understand quite what they're doing. And you heard it in the last segment with our interview with Jeff Darlington. Like you heard the frustration a little bit in his voice. Like, oh yeah, it'd be such a competitive disadvantage if we knew who the OC was at the New yes. England Patriots. I mean, it's it's remarkable. You When you were setting this up, you said, you know, a huge void left by Josh McDaniels. And I wanted to be like, yeah, you'd think that they'd fill that void, you know, wouldn't you? Like in some way, even if they can't get another McDaniels, but apparently they haven't even bothered. Presumably somebody will be letting Mac Jones know what play to run. I just don't know who it's going to be. Well, that's the thing that like literally makes no sense to me. I'm looking at the coaching staff right now. There, and I'm not joking. There's no offensive coordinator and nobody who holds that title on staff with the New England Patriots. Like, you know, how that whole thing is going to work out will be interesting because, as Amber had mentioned, Joe Judge is there now. He was hired as an offensive assistant. That's where that's where he is on, on the roster. And then you go down a little bit further, senior football advisor is Matt Patricia, formerly mm-hmm. of, the De- of the Detroit Lions. And what Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider, was telling us uh, earlier in the show is that Patricia feels like the logical, like the, the the right move, I guess, or at least the one that makes the most sense to be the play caller for Mac Jones. But we saw how that experiment ended in Detroit, in not in a very good fashion with Jared Goff as his quarterback. And I just can't like figure out like He's what also makes a the most defense sense, guy. I know. Right? Like, like, we're we're going to have a, a former defensive coordinator call our plays on offense because we didn't bother to get an OC. I. I can't make sense of that portion of this. Like, well, it's hard to make sense of any of this because we're going into training camp. And yes, I know that the New England Patriots probably already know what they're doing. They, they, they it's not like they like haven't thought about this. They've only been asked about this probably every single media availability since the off season began. But it feels like this could end up being actually pretty tenuous for the Patriots. And then like Jeff was saying, we're all joking. Oh, this team never has any problems because Bill Belichick invented the NFL and, you know, can just figure everything out because he can write his way out of anything. Like this does feel like it could teeter the line of an actual issue for the Patriots this year because you have a young quarterback, a coach who has 46 years of NFL experience, but when's the last time that Bill Belichick was the offense, you know, was calling plays on offense? Like, that's something I think you have to... <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. when was the last time he had to do that nonsense? Let's be real. Like, you're Bill Belichick, and, and you said, like, he can figure anything out. Well, yeah, I mean, you can figure anything out when he had number 12. Like, yeah. I, can he it's still figure anything out? It's a lot different when you have a young quarterback. 
quarterback. I mean, he hasn't Jones had a, good a young season. quarterback. But yeah, right, and you time. have to be. And Bill Belichick has said himself that this is the year that quarterbacks mm-hmm. take the biggest leap. You have to be able to build on the rookie season that Mac Jones did have. Yeah, and that's just like I, I, I can't wrap my brain around that part of it because. Yes, Bill Belichick has a wealth of experience. And when you, you know, one thing that they do on their coaching staff is they list everyone's experience on the Patriots official uh, website. So there's a wealth of experience here. Somebody's got to be capable of doing it. Otherwise, you'd think they would have hired an actual replacement for Josh McDaniels. But Bill Belichick hasn't been in this position where he's had a quarterback making the jump from year one to two in what 20 some 20 plus years when mm-hmm. you know and Tom, Tom Brady was in that situation very early on in his career well remember he wasn't playing early on in right. his career that was Drew Bledsoe's job so I don't know how they're gonna you know work their way out of this one but it certainly feels like this could actually end up being a bigger problem for the New England Patriots than maybe we're giving it credit for Kenny and Carl on ESPN radio Sirius XM channel 80 more coming up next